my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival podcast. I'm your host. Christopher Lamberth, recording this episode on Sunday, May 14th, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to shows. Give this one a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you want to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival, subscribe three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 647. There's no guests. It's just me in my apartment giving you some high-quality podcasting. May 14th, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I hope if you have a mother that's still alive, I hope you I hope you took care of her. I hope you take care of her every day, but on this day where we're all uh, made to acknowledge it for the good and the bad, uh, I, hope you, I hope you took care of your mom. I took care of my mother... She received her card on Wednesday and she got her gifts on Friday from uh, from Amazon, from from the all father, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Oh, my God, man. Um, yeah. The, looking at Facebook, man, these Mother's Day and Father's Day are really hard. Whether you if you have. I don't know. If you've lived a life, it's just, it can be rough for a lot of people. So, um, I, I, it's hard. I don't really know what to say. I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Just, just be thankful you have one, um, regardless of what your relationship is with that parent, take care of them the best way that you can, the best way that you know how. Because one day they're not going to be here. And you're reminded of it a lot when you open up social media. Especially when you open up Facebook. Because Facebook, as much as people uh, shit on and it's not cool anymore, it's a good way to kind of see what people are... It's a good uh, litmus test of how things are going with the world. If you have a 
people that you went to high school with or just that just that just how life kind of happens you see people around this time of year kids are graduating going to college and it's remarkable to see like uh or graduated from college it's great to see people celebrating and doing things like that so that's that's one positive thing about it but then you see people that you know it's mother's day or it's father's day or whatever it is and people are going through it man so um just be thankful for the loved ones that you have in life and um and try to be try to be kind to them and nice to them um yeah because it it's it's a rough one i had a moment with my mom on Friday, a very touching moment. She didn't know it, but I, I had it on my end of the phone call. She said, she said, <laughs> before it changed, she said some really nice things to me. And that, that, that made me feel good. And, um, yeah, man. So just if you, if those loved ones, your mother cherish her, uh, you're supposed to do it all the time. It's supposed to be a, a normal practice. Uh, but, these are the days in 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 uh, May and June when you celebrate those people in your life. And if you don't have that person in your life, do something that they like to do. Do something that when they were alive made you happy, made them happy. And when you were with them, do that, do that thing on their birthday, uh, on Christmas. I actually I think I talked about it on here. I did, you know, on my dad's birthday, uh, but. I don't know, I saw people, <laughs> this is kind of funny. I, I was at the grocery store yesterday, and they, I guess everybody's got to get their money now anyway, but I, I just I, I noticed like people were getting Mother's Day gifts at the grocery store. The cards and stuff I see, but flowers and stuff. I don't know, I guess that's a thing. But part of me is that part of me can be an elitist at times where I saw people getting stuff from the grocery store, and I was like, Ooh, child, the ghetto, that meme. Um, but I don't know if I'm any better by, you know, buying, buying my mom's gifts from the all father, but that's what she, those were things that she, uh, was complaining about not having. So I took a mental note of that and, uh, and got it for her. And, um, what I like to do, I think that the wave now, for me, at least, and this happened like this was before this is when my dad was around, too. But I like to go to uh, I like to go to one of those card shops, particularly a Hallmark. I don't know. Did they did they get rid of mahogany? Did they get rid of did Hallmark get rid of mahogany cards? Because those used to be really good and I didn't see any. I was at a Hallmark. Uh, is it still around? I guess it is. Hallmark Mahogany. It looks like they are. They just didn't have any. Maybe they didn't have any in the racist fucking shop that I went in. But. Let me see. Mahogany. Yeah, it looks like it is. What I saw in the card shop that I was in, that I was in earlier, what I was in last week, they didn't have any. They just had the religious uh, Mother's Day cards and they had black people on some of the cards, but I didn't like those. And there was this one. My mom says that I pick good cards. Uh, 
So uh, there was one that was really nice, even better than the one that I sent to her. But there was a there was like a little tear on the card. Uh, so I didn't get that one because I didn't want to want her to complain about there being a tear on the card. So I just got her one that I thought was the second best. Did I tell her that? No, I did not. Um, but I, I would always say. Go to a card shop and you go before you go a few you, you go when when the season starts. But uh, I went to this card shop in town. I didn't go to Target. I didn't go to like a big box store. I just went to a a nice little card shop a, like a, a in the next town over from me. And you find more options there. You, you find better options, I would say. So that's that's my uh, Mother's Day hack. Try it. Try it for your dad next month. Try it. Try um, like a, 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 a card shop and uh you you'll you'll be I think you'll be good to go. You'd be good money. Um, I could I I was thinking about edible or somebody mentioned that yesterday. I was at the barber shop, and um, I think uh, somebody mentioned that. I think I had done that for my mom before, but then that might have been too much fruit. She probably would have complained about it being too much fruit. But one day I I did that for them for my. I don't remember what holiday it was for, but uh, oh, that that's a good idea. So either way, man, it, this is a fucking rough weekend for people, and just try to acknowledge that. Um, that's I don't know. That's all I can say. It just kind of it's heartbreaking going through Facebook looking at people um, um, going through that stuff, and it's really hard. Um, but such is life. Um, on a lighter note, on a much lighter note, um, oh, I would say like, I, like, I, like I've been saying for the past 10 years, try to, yeah, try to like acknowledge your, 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 your loved ones, the people that brought you up and all the time, try to do it all the time. This day just makes all that stuff harder. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, on a lighter note, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out on Friday. That's that's a huge release. And I do have FOMO. You know, I've I've said that, oh, I want to play the first one. And uh, I've been saying that for several since uh since 2017. And I have not played it. I've played other games. And uh I, they say it's one of the best games ever made. And people are giving this one rave reviews. I see where IGN called it a masterpiece. 10 out of 10 i'll eventually get to it um yeah uh but uh it was nice seeing uh one guy i went to grad school with had this really nice post about it how it was um he started playing it when his father was dying and uh and it was just a part of his life and playing it with his kid and uh that was like a beautiful post um, if it was Patreon, I'd probably read it, but I don't want to say it, but it was very, very sweet. And, um, games do have that effect on people. Um, and, uh, I'm, I have the FOMO, but I, you know, I made my post. Are you nerds enjoying, uh, Zelda? A shout out to Keith. He said, Chris, are you enjoying the first one? I said, I have not 
taking it out of the it's still in plastic um so eventually i'll get to it i think i want to start for spoken next i want i feel like i need some black girl magic all these games with these cishet males cishet white men i want to play i want to play with a black woman this time around and do the spells and all that shit and run around an open world eventually i'll get to link and his uh quests um yeah so that's exciting even at work they were talking about it they were like oh my one of my um co-workers said oh you know the fedex truck just dropped off zelda so that's what my kids will be doing so that that's cool everybody's going going crazy over it so I hope to partake in that. It's going to be me a few years down the line. Have you guys, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be a troll. I'm going to say, you guys never told me about the Zelda. I mean, none of you guys are talking about, I mean, the first one was great. And even the second one's good. So, all right. So this week, this week, uh, the past couple weeks, I mean, I haven't done a solo in a, in a, in a couple weeks. So, um, I've just been keeping busy uh, with the new the new TPS reports, learning that, uh, auditioning, writing. I had this audition, like, I was doing the nerd off with uh, Rod and Karen and, and Aaron from um, the Black Astronauts. I did that on Friday, so if you're, a, if you're a premium subscriber for the Black Guy Who Tips, you can catch me on that, talking about nerd stuff. Um... We were talking about uh, what, what, where the hell was I going with that? Yeah, we're just we we're talking about some of these actors on these big, big time Marvel movies and stuff, complaining and saying, "I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing this role that I, I get paid millions of dollars for it." And, and uh, I, I was thinking about some of the auditions that I had, good, good auditions, but there was this one for the streaming service that I had uh, with a a big name actor attached to it. And it was a, as it would be a good role, but they didn't, it was just this, this line of like code and trying to make sense out of it. And I, I spent time. It was, it's a fun exercise to do, but it was just kind of like, how are they going to really tell if I can act from this? Well, I mean, they could, they could tell because (laughs) I'm pretty amazing, but I think Really, sometimes I just want to see what you look like compared to the other people that they had in mind. Do you fit what they what they're looking for? And that, but it was interesting trying to pull something out of that for it to be like a recurring TV role. And I was just I I did it. My my manager's assistant was looked at the tapes and she was like, I sent her three takes, and um, and she was like, Yeah, that, that works. It's like you got something out of that. I was like, all right, fuck it, send it out. Um, but yeah, just been auditioning for stuff, writing, experiencing life, uh, setting up some shows that I can do. I need to be more in the in the city, so I'm I'm working on that. I need to. Uh, I was challenged by uh, Rod and 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 JL to to put out content, so I'm working on I'm working on that. Uh, putting stuff together patreon folks by the time you get by the time this is up you'll have you'll have something in your in your queue to enjoy some bonus content 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing that and, and, uh, really just trying to put more stuff together and just to, I'm just constantly, I don't know what, what, what does, what is it prodigy who said, I, what is that? What is that? I put my lifetime in between the paper's lines. Is that, is that, is that accurate? I'm going to look that up. Is that, uh, what is that song? Mob Deep. What is that song? Is it, it's not. What is that record? I'm going to have to edit this part because I'm. I'm Quiet Storm. Damn. Why, why didn't I know that? I put my lifetime in between the paper's lines. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm going for as an artist, as a stand-up comedian. So it's good to, to be living life, too, and not just not just uh, writing just to be writing so i'm i'm working on some stuff mining this soul to uh make people laugh so hopefully uh i'm i'm starting to put together some dates and for you all to not come but for me to evolve as an artist so that one day you might come to see me in a show and you might have to pay a little bit for it but in between time i don't know if i'm ever going to stop that regardless of how many fucking followers I have or anything like that. So I think it's just going to be something that I do. It's just a part of my life. Um, I really do believe that, you all. Um, this isn't going to be that long. I kind of just wanted to to come on and and, 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 and uh, shoot the shit. What I will say is, you know, the, the CNN, the town hall Trump bullshit, that was bullshit. Um, they're, they're doing the same thing that they did in, uh, 2015 and 2016. They're getting rid of the, these, the, the media in general is getting rid of the, they're trying to get rid of some of the black folks. And they did that, uh, after Trump got elected, they got rid of Don Lemon for, uh, kind of Don Lemon turned it around in, in the past few years, the Trump presidency made a lot of people uh, wake up uh to to the bullshit that's been going on for uh centuries and uh so they got rid of him and then they then they turn around and do the the um the town hall and and then they're they're trying to like defend why they did it it's all the thing if it bleeds it leads if it's sensational they're gonna follow it they're gonna try to uh, capitalize on it because the media, uh, that industry is not doing well. Um, and it's kind of like what Michelle Wolf, when she gave everybody a talking to at her, um, at that White House correspondence dinner, um, it's going to be the same old bullshit. And it's nothing else I can tell you that hasn't already been said. But if you, if you're concerned about this country, um, don't vote for him and don't vote for uh don't vote for the side that doesn't have your best interest 
you can it's easy to say it's all bullshit but uh there's one side that's a, that's a little better i would say and i've lost friends over that shit or people who i thought were friends i don't even fucking know but you you call to check on somebody and they're like Duh. I was like well what are you gonna who are you gonna vote for dog you know it's people it's it's people who um really aren't losing anything the people who look like them aren't gonna really lose much or they're in a financial situation where it's not really gonna affect them and the people around them. But if you gen- generally, generally and genuinely care for people, um, you're not going to vote for that dude. And, you know, like, you know, like the people in, in, in my podcast community always have always uh, and, and, and myself and I echo what they what they've been saying for years and years and years. Um, people of color people that really know how how everything is in this country have always been the pragmatists and i'm speaking mainly uh, black people have always been pragmatic black people collectively have always been the pragmatists when it comes to voting and comes for voting for the best interest of the public and you know we always uh, save people and stuff and uh when it comes to the elections so just continue to do that, people that listen to this. And I think a lot of times when I'm talking about this this kind of stuff, it's 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 preaching to the choir. I'm not super political, but I just know what I feel is right. Um, and I try to surround myself with people who are like-minded in that regard. And I l- listen to those people. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I really have to say about that. I didn't, I didn't even watch. I think I... I don't know what I was watching. I think I was watching that show. Uh, what is it? The, the class of 09 with Brian Tyree Henry and Kate Mara, which is pretty good, by the way. I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, they gave Paperboy a blicky. It's a fun, not to spoil anything, but it was pretty fun. I, I enjoyed that. Or I was watching Silo, that new show on Apple TV Plus, And that I don't really give sci-fi shows that much of a chance now i'm just not the biggest sci-fi person but i do like it because it's got kind of a i was talking about it on the nerd off kind of got like this uh Fahrenheit fahrenheit 451 vibe not necessarily equal i would and i did mention equilibrium that christian bale tay diggs movie not necessarily with the action there's not that much action yet in the on that show but just this, it's got the same vibes as like Fahrenheit 451 or even Footloose. <laughs> no, when it comes to like, oh, we're burning the old records from the past and a little bit of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, that franchise, when it comes to the relics of, of the other times, very pandemic-y. These people are in this uh, big ass silo that was created that has all these levels Kind of like um, shit, fucking Snowpiercer. All these things are essentially very similar, but it's based on a, a series of books. Um, so it, it looks in the creator of the of the books, the novels uh, has a part in the show. So 
um, it's pretty accurate to what I guess his vision was in the book. So, um, so that's cool. That's some that's some television that I've been watching. Just an organic transition in the TV. Um, the that the new stuff stuff that's relatively new. Um, no, that's pretty brand new because that stuff came out within the last couple of weeks. Um, still watching Power Ghost Book Two, Power Book Two Ghost, which kind of pissed me off. Stars always does this. They build this terrific momentum, and then they they're off for a week. They take a bye week for no reason. There's nothing going on this weekend. I guess maybe they thought Mother's Day people would be uh, not watching TV or something. I don't know. My mother was just saying there's nothing. She doesn't watch. She doesn't really watch TV. She watches the news and then she'll watch a, a like a gospel station. That's really it. She doesn't really care about TV that much. I think she watches daytime TV, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there's, I hate when they do that. They do that with every, at least every, I don't, I only want you star. I only have stars for, <laughs> for power, I guess, but they seem to do that all the time for every series and they build up this t- terrific momentum and they randomly just stop. Cause I happen to be, they post the episodes on, on two, Third Friday morning, Friday at 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I was like, oh, why am I up? I think I might have fallen asleep on the couch or something. And I was like, oh, I might be able to make power. I might be able to watch it. And then my what I love about this app, my Apple TV Plus device, the shows that you watch when a new excuse me puberty when a new episode comes on they'll it'll just automatically come up on your main screen and you and you can watch it so yellow jackets came up silo came up but no power book two ghost and i was like what they're doing that fucking bi-week shit so they're gonna drop episode nine next uh, hopefully this week and then 10 will come out so I was a little blown about that. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little upset. I was a little upset about that. But there's plenty of stuff to watch. Um, I'm going to give you... Oh, did want to talk about this bullshit. Uh, Richard Dreyfus. I know some of you probably heard that... Uh, it was all it was all over the trades earlier. Well, no, it was actually... It was last... Was that last week? Well, May 6th, this thing dropped. When, when when did this thing get published? Eight days ago. I don't know why I just heard of it, heard about it last week. Um, here we go. I'll, I'll uh, just start here. Richard Dreyfus. This is from Variety. Richard Dreyfus slams diverse new diversity requirements for Oscar contention. They make me vomit. Oscar winner Richard Dreyfuss issued some criticism for the the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences nude. What's wrong with me in the S's today? New diversity and inclusion standards saying that the updated requirements for Oscar contention make me vomit. Now, Rod and I were talking about this a few years ago. I'm not sure when it 
what was actually released. I'm looking at the um, Oscars awards representation and inclusion standards. I'm not 100% sure when that dropped. But some of the some of the standards and we'll get back to Richard Dreyfus. Um let me see. For the 96th Oscars Award Show 2024, submitting a confidential Academy Inclusion Standards form, it's called RAISE, and meeting two out of four of the following standards will be required in order for the film to be deemed eligible. Standard A, on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. A film can achieve this standard by meeting the criteria in at least one of the following areas. A1, lead or significant supporting actors from underrepresented racial or ethnic groups. At least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group in a specific country or territory of production. This may include African-American, Black, African, and or Caribbean descent, East Asian, including Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and Mongolian, Hispanic or Latino, E-A-O-X or whatever, I guess that's indigenous peoples, including Native Americans, Alaskan Native, Middle Eastern, North slash North African, Pacific Islander, South Asian, Southeast Asian, a two general ensemble cast. At least 30 percent of all actors in secondary or more minor roles are from at least two underrepresented groups, which may include women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ plus people with cognitive or physical disabilities of who are deaf or hard of hearing. A3, main storyline of subject matter. The main storyline's theme or narrative of the film is centered on an underrepresented group or groups. Women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ+, people with cognitive or physical disabilities or who are deaf or hard of hearing. Standard B, creative leadership and project team. A film can achieve this standard by meeting the criteria criteria. In at least one of the following areas, be one creative leadership and depend and department heads. At least two of the following creative leadership positions and departments heads, casting director, cinematographer, composer, costume designer, director, editor, hairstylist, makeup artist, producer, production designer, set decorator, sound writer. Basically hire more uh, diverse groups of people. You got a black person doing hair. You got an Asian person doing sound effects. You got a, a, a Pacific Islander doing props. Just fucking include people, man. Let me see the other one. I want to go go down. Going to go down a little more to try to get. Um, so you get your crew. Anybody in the crew. You like the the heads of the department heads. Let's see. Standard C. Industry access and opportunities. This this is on the Oscars website. I just wanted to give a brief overview. Paid apprenticeship and internship opportunities. So women, racial or ethnic group, LGBT. It's easy, very easy to do this shit. Standard audience development. Uh, let's see. Representation and development, marketing, publicity and distribution. The studio and or film company has multiple, more than one in-house senior executives belonging to each underrepresented groups on their creative and development, marketing, publicity and or distribution teams. At least one individual must belong to an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. And the same thing. Women, racial or ethnic group, LGBTQ plus people with cognitive or physical disabilities or who are deaf or hard of hearing, underrepresented, underrepresented, 
racial or ethnic groups may include after all the all the things I said in the other ones. That's really all you have to do is hire. You're going to make a movie to in order to be considered for awards. You got to have a diverse group of people making this product, making this piece of art. And it's really not not hard to do that. Now, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to get nominated. But you don't have to you don't have to do that. If you just want to make art, you can still make art. You just won't be considered for an Oscar. So here is Richard Dreyfus talking about it. And I'm just going to let it run. I'm just going to let it run. Um, this is from F- the firing line with Margaret Hoover on PBS. And I'm, I got it queued up to to where hopefully you all can can hear this. I did a little test run, but uh, this is very this is very lo fi. So uh, here we go. This should be good. Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. What do you think of these new inclusion standards for films? They make me vomit. Why? Because this is an art form. It's also a form of commerce and it makes money, but it's an art. And no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. And what are we risking? Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that. And you have to let life be life. And I'm sorry, I don't think that there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. You know, Laurence Olivier was the last white actor to play Othello. And he did it in 1965. And he did it in blackface. And he played a black man brilliantly. Am I being told that I will never have a chance to play a black man? Is someone else being told that if they're not Jewish, they shouldn't play the Merchant of Venice? Mm -hmm. Are we crazy? Do we not know that art is art? This is so patronizing. It's so, it's so thoughtless and, and, and treating people like children. Do you think there's a difference between the question of representation and who is allowed to represent other groups? For example, as you said, somebody representing the Merchant of Venice. And the case of blackface explicitly in this country, given the history of slavery and the sensitivities around black racism. Do you think there's a a difference between those? There shouldn't be. Why? Because it's patronizing. 
because it says that we're so fragile that we don't, can't have our, our feelings hurt. We have to anticipate having our, our feelings hurt, our children's feelings. We don't know how to stand up and, and bop the bully in the face. Do you think, as, as we tell stories about our past, that there is a fuller version of our history that is perhaps more inclusive to the diversity of the country now, or? You know, I once worked for a guy uh, who was making a film about the gangsters of the 30s. And I said, why did you change this incident and that incident from the reality? Because the reality was so much more interesting than what you created. And you, by changing it, you made it simple and smaller. And I totally believe that you can make a great film or a great painting or a great opera out of the truth yeah. first. And, 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 and try that first. And then if you can't do it, then make up some nonsense. But don't, don't tell me you can't do that, that history isn't that interesting. Final question. In 2020, you said, quote, I don't go to a lot of movies anymore because I don't like them. They're not very good anymore. And I probably have missed out on a bunch of really good films but they're mostly crap. Why do you think modern films are mostly crap? Because we're going through this uh, uh, strange need to not create, but to create sequels. Sequels are death. <laughs> sequels are like, well, or there was a sequel to Jaws, but there wasn't, no sequel, no, not, never. <laughs> never came close to the brilliance of the first Jaws. And I'm very proud of that yeah, and well, very happy about it. I thank it. you for my phobia of sharks for my entire life. Me too. <laughs> I admit it. I won't go in. <laughs> All right. So that, that was, that was uh, Richard Dreyfus and Margaret Hoover. Um, he's a 75-year-old white man. And... Like most white men, they don't like change. Hollywood, the film industry, is an not only just an industry, it's an institution. And a lot of these institutions built in America need to be changed. And that change happens through diversity and, and the infrastructure changes, needs to change in order for it to get better. And we saw that. I mean, we see that with, with this past year's, uh, this year's Oscars, where everything, everywhere, all at once swept. And even still, there was bullshit in that. There was no way. Like, artistically, from an artistic standpoint, from just, just, I don't even know how you, well, art's been measured in a lot of ways. But when you talk about performance, Stephanie Sue or... Who or well, the, the, that shit ain't just ain't always gonna be fair. But you know what I'm talking about with everything, everywhere, all at once. What was what was the uh, 
who else was in that category? Sometimes I don't even I don't even remember. It's, it shit was a, a month or two ago. Who got who got nominated? Wasn't there a list? Uh, best supporting actor. So Jamie Lee Cur- Curtis beat out. Everybody was pissed about um, Angela Bassett, and rightfully so. But Hong, she beat out Hong. She beat out. Okay. She was in it. I thought that Jamie Lee Curtis was good. I've said it before. But uh, Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Hong Chow in the Whale. Carrie Condon and Banshees of Inisherin. Stephanie Sue and everything everywhere all at once. Now, out of those people, it should have gone to Angela Bassett. Or if you were, if you were, if you were, how do, how do I want to say it? The juggernaut that was everything everywhere all at once. That was not the best performance in that in that film it was not better than stephanie Zhu, who was essentially the antagonist in that film but the way that they strat they 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 put these nominations in that was really a uh i mean that was really uh like michelle yo and her movie and she doesn't get she doesn't win for that but it's because they for some reason they just say well Got to give it to this this uh, white person. But if you put more of these people in movies, I don't want to say this. I don't know. You you if you I don't. Obviously, Richard Dreyfus is wrong. You put more of these people uh, in in uh, positions to make decisions to make to green light films you have uh more more to work with the fact that uh richard dreyfus he doesn't want to play a black guy he's just using that as an example that's bullshit um when lawrence olivier was lawrence olivier didn't have no business playing othello to be honest with you uh the the best blackface was uh was Robert Downey Jr. in uh, Tropic Thunder. And that was what we call a satire. And he, he should have gotten nominated for that. He was very good in that. That might be one of the best roles that he's done. Um I don't know, but it, it I think what what I well, from my perspective, I think what it is is just that black art to white people, to some, to those people that make those decisions, it's not really valued. And it's kind of odd to say that in this country where, yeah, people can be racist as fuck, but they still they still like black people to entertain them. They still like to go to the comedy clubs and have black performers entertain. They still like to go to these basketball and football games they 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 want they want us where they want us and when we want more to be even more expressive with the art form or whatever craft that they they that we're in they want to they want to they want to block it and when it comes to film and music that's why that's why black people don't watch 
these award shows. I like to watch. I I don't really care to watch them either. I like to. I talk about. I love talking about the nominations, but the award ceremony itself, I don't really care about. I love movies. I love watching. If you're if you're telling me a good story, I always say what my late great dad used to say. I want to see a story, and the story should be the thing. But you get tired of seeing the same type of people and the same people in some of these shows and and movies. I always would go back to this. Like this is over 15 years ago, but I noticed the trend when I was in Chicago. I've talked about this hundreds of times on this show. There were not that many roles for black people in the theater in in the Chicago scene. But every February, one a couple of the big houses would do an August Wilson play. And August Wilson is one of the greatest, not just black playwrights, but one of the greatest American playwrights. But every February or so, or so, they would do these black things that everybody would come to and feel good about seeing the black experience in one of these theaters. And then that would kind of be it. It's just like they just want them in their own little their little box. And that's what's happened on Broadway where some of these shows are are shutting down. It seems like they're doing a little bit of a better job with getting representation. Um, I'm excited. I'm going to see a play this week with black people that aren't aren't slaves. I don't know, man. It's it's um. I think that's one thing. And I think that's the underlying thing where as great as these people of color, not just black people, but that's the perspective that I'm speaking from. And I've, I've seen, seen that art. And can I be a little slightly xenophobic? Yeah, I can be, but I'm aware that there's other, other artists that deserve to be seen on this high level. Like the movie that I'm most excited about right now for this year that I know about that I'm currently aware of is Past Lives. I think that's a uh, there it is an Asian uh film. I don't know what I think it's Korean. Past. Um let me see. And I'm not trying to pander to anybody. But what is this? Uh, South Korea, yeah. Nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are rest apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. Decades later, they are reunited for one faithful week as they confront destiny, love, and the choices that make a life. Is it an A24 film? Yes. Am I an A24 stan? A little bit. But I'm going to see this movie because the story looks good. But most people aren't going to look at that film like that. If it gets the buzz and everything, it's A24, so they're going to be eyes on it. But this this art from people of color and these diverse backgrounds just aren't valued unless they're just going through like the most... Uh, treacherous harrowing shit 
And it shouldn't always be like that. It should just be like what what I'm assuming this film is. People have personal struggle and they have issues and they have uh, trials and tribulations that they're going through. But it's not necessarily based on their race. They just happen to be the ethnicity that they are. And I think that's the un- it's easy to get mad and say, fuck you, Richard Dreyfuss. You know, he's just a representation of what all, all every time you see these award season, every time we get around the Oscars, you have these studio execs that go nameless that say, I didn't watch that shit. I didn't watch that movie. Oh, stop complaining, black people. Get over it. Fuck Wakanda forever. They go nameless. Those are the people that are making those decisions. And those are the people that need to be not in those positions anymore. You need to start looking at these other people that have the passion uh, to make film. They have the passion as artists to to try to expand the medium, to try to improve the design. I always give you that Lupe fiasco line, improve on the design and do something new. Try to be innovative that's that's the thing that's what's missing in the industry and every now and then you get a moonlight or you get an everything everywhere all at once where people were collaborating that's a an asian guy and a white guy that made that film that was a team i sound so corny but that's that's when we work together you get beautiful things like that Isn't that what Martin Luther King wanted? Isn't that what he wanted? Isn't that what he wanted? Isn't that what we talk about all the time, every January? When you trot out those quotes that you don't really believe in? Isn't that what it is? I don't know, man. Like that. So it doesn't take much. And and it's what Rod and I talk about all the time. Okay, so we're gonna you're gonna start making movies about shit that happened in the past, so you don't uh, so you don't have to. Okay, if you made one of those movies with like a period piece, what would you have to do? Could you have? Could you do like like an Ang Lee thing where he where he directs something like The Ice Storm or Brokeback? Uh, you have a director of of color. Somebody could be in the cast could be gay. You could still do that shit. You could still win. Let me see. So you get Ang Lee. Let me see. No, but it would have to be like a, it would have to be a white person. Would it have to be a white person? See, I need to, this is where, where it would be good to have uh, Brandon Collins on here. Maybe I'll do that one day and and have him Brandon and Justin. I might I might do that. So that's this is me thinking out loud live on the podcast. But you could you could have you could still make your story. You just hire a person of color. You get uh, at least thirty percent of all the actors. Uh oh. I'd have to think about this more, but I think there's a way if you were racist, you could still. <laughs> and it's still going to be, it don't mean, it don't mean white people ain't going to win no more. I'm interested in seeing now how this works out. Kind of interested in seeing that. 
And then it's just fear of change, too. And Richard Dreyfus is already one. We talked about him when uh, Veronica and I and Rod get Rod actually guested on the episode when we were talking about uh, Goodbye Girl. I don't think I had seen it at the time uh, where they where they based. Um, what episode is that episode? I think that's episode seven of The Last of Us called Ken, where they're on. They're in um, uh, Wyoming and they they're watching that movie. And then I actually rented the movie. It's pretty good. He won for that. He's already won his shit. Gifts give other people a chance. It sounds corny as fuck, but when you work together, you make beautiful shit. The best job that I had that wasn't my summer theater job and the most fun that I had that wasn't like the a job in the arts was at Best Buy in Chicago. What neighborhood? North and Clyburn, the uh, off the North and Clyburn stop of uh, the Red Line, and I think that was near the Cabrini Green air neighborhood or whatever. And it was all different types of people: it was black people, white people, Hispanic, all different like ethnicities. And we worked together. It was fucking fun in that on at that store. Um, that's what America is. That's what America's always been. But we've been shut out from everything. America's always been this, like, this melting pot. We call it the melting pot, but we want to exclude everybody that's not white. And now that more people of color have voices, more people are are standing up for their their rights. It's time. It's time for that change. And it's just, yeah. It's it's um. It's time, man. Get get good. Like like I always say with the video games. Like they say in that gaming community, get good. G-I-T-G-U-D. Get good. Get better. Step your game up. Because people are coming. And these stories need to be told. So that's how I feel about that. Instead of just getting like angry at Richard Dreyfuss's old ass. And then talking about he doesn't go to the movies anymore because they're not good. That's It's bullshit. It's utter bullshit. It's the same. It's the same thing that um, it's the same Martin Scorsese shit. Talking about these movies, that's the reason why he was able to put out some of his shit because of those uh, big budget tentpole movies. I watch all of them. It's something good. It's something. Something good in all of those, man. You can find something in everything. But what do I know? I'm just a guy. Just a guy with a microphone spewing his thoughts into the abyss. All right, what else? Is there something else I wanted to say about that? I don't, I don't think so. But I hope you got something out of that. Okay, we'll talk about some Muzak and uh, and, and 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 a couple movies, and we'll get out of here. Music. Um, Madison McFerrin has a new album out called. I hope you can forgive me. Madison McFerrin, I found out about a few years ago, um, within the last five or six years. I uh, really like her voice. The daughter of Bobby McFerrin, uh, she, he's actually on one of her tracks. Um, she sung the hook for 
arguably one of the best Little Brother songs, Black Magic off uh, May the Lord Watch. I think that might be, uh, I know when you, probably the best Little Brother record, not a mixtape, that wasn't from a mixtape. Because they got some heavy, crazy dope songs that are just mixtape records. Um, um, she's it's really good. It's it's not it's not even that long. I think it's only. Is it even a half hour? Let me see. I'm looking at my iTunes. It's only twenty seven minutes, slightly longer than Failed Running Back, but this is good. I like it. It starts off kind of mellow, and then it gets to the what's aesthetically pleasing with to me is just like a nice, nice jams, mellow mid tempo joints. She floats over the the tracks. She's good. It's worth checking out. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Um, then uh, Emily King, uh, who I've seen live, and she's terrific. She's got a new album out called Special Occasion. I've been listening to that. I really like that a lot. Um, It's been out for a while. It came out late February. And I was reminded of her when I was talking to one of my really good friends. And we were just talking about stuff and we're talking about music. I was like, yeah, Emily King, man. And and that day that I talked to him, I had... uh, um, I had seen... I had just saved a video of her on like CBS this morning or I think it was like CBS weekend with her talking about her album and her relationship, a relationship that she was in that she ended and her longtime uh, producing partner who was also her partner in love. They separated and then they came back together to make this album, but they're still not together. And it was like, Ooh, boy. but, uh, it was it's really good i like i like her stuff as well i saw her years ago um at mercury lounge in uh in the city in new york city so i recommend special occasion also and then um little dragon the album isn't out yet but they have four songs that from this album from their new album called slugs of love i don't know when this is coming out but it's 11 songs but four out of the 11 songs are uh out and they're all good i like little dragon i've also seen them live i think at i saw little dragon at brooklyn bowl i think they it was like this thing where they they had they used to do the governor's ball and um, I didn't. I think it's it was out in Queens, but they were stuff was going on there. And then I think maybe Little Dragon did a set there, and then they came over to Brooklyn Bowl or some shit. I don't know, but whatever it was, it was fucking amazing. If you do a deep dive on my uh, Instagram, you'll you'll see like a thirty second clip or something of them performing. Uh, they're great. So I'm always checking for them every time they put something out. Um, I really did like that. And then other other stuff. I mean, Jenny Lewis has an album coming out, but I haven't heard any of the records. I kind of just 
I don't even know. And normally I don't even when they I just wait for the whole album. But I just happen to just press play on that little dragon. And uh, yeah, I just been listening to a lot of Thundercat looking at his videos. Uh, he's got that that record with Tommy and is it Tommy? Is it called Tommy Impala? Whatever it is, he's got that new record out and he's going on tour. I would like to see him live. I would like to see him. I think he's coming to town in October so that would be fun trying to get out there more and see more live music um so that that's what I'd like to do more of this year um yeah so I've I've just been trying to get back to listening to more music and stuff um yeah so I enjoyed enjoyed that uh movies let's let's do a couple movies let's talk about a couple movies and and I'll leave you with with the rest of your life to deal with until I come back on to do the podcast. Um, I saw the new Ben Affleck movie, Hypnotic. Not the drink. Not the drank. No, I, not the alcoholic beverage. And I saw that on Thursday. Let me read you the blurb here from Google. Determined to find his missing daughter, Detective Danny Rourke, finds himself spiraling down a rabbit hole while investigating a series of reality-bending crimes. Aided by Diana Cruz, a gifted psychic, Rourke simultaneously pursues and is pursued by a lethal specter, the one man he believes holds the key to finding the girl. It stars Ben Affleck as Danny, Alice Braga as Diana, and William Fickner as the bad guy or so we think or do we know i like this movie i kind of graded this one on the cur on a curve but i did like it um it was entertaining do you need to see this in the theater no you do not you can wait um i don't know this movie kind of just showed up i remember seeing a trailer and I was like, oh, okay, I'll check this out. It looks interesting. The premise is is really cool. I'm a big detective fan. I like those those uh, those type of. Th- I was just talking to a friend last night, saying I'd love to do some. The go the dream would be to get to do one of those like troubled detective movies, and you don't talk to your kid, or you got some strained relationship with your child, and. You're trying to solve cases and stuff. I don't know. I'd love to do something like a little Mare of East Town type thing. Flawed detective, but uh, really good at your job and not good at anything else. <laughs> um, so I was attracted to seeing this and I was pleasantly surprised at how many people came to this screen. And it was it was a later in the in the week. It was a six o'clock showing. Normally, I like the four, the five uh, showtimes, but that's all they had or whatever. So, And I was pleasantly surprised that it was also playing at my favorite AMC to attend, the one right across the highway that's five minutes away from me. Um, Robert Rodriguez, he knows how to make a movie. He knows how to make stuff. Seemed like it wasn't a big budget. Um, some critics said that it had been at, I didn't say it. And I'm not going to name the people that said, but I, I ain't say it. But they said it looked like he was sleepwalking through that shit. 
like he didn't want to be there or something. But I thought it was I thought it was okay. It was like swerve after swerve after swerve after swerve. Um and it was interesting with with what they were trying to do. The inclusion that they had, I like that. And that's what kind of gave I'm not going to say it's too much to compare it to Children of Men. Children of Men, it is not. But, um, damn, I sound like a woke libtard. I like the ra- I like the racial uh, elements in the movie. I without spoiling anything, I I I thought that was uh, cool. And if I ever get Veronica, if Veronica ever watches it, I was trying to get her to watch it. I think she needs to see it. I want her take on it. I want somebody. I want. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I'd like to her, her take on it because I, I was telling her that I was going to go see this. Um, it's solid, but you don't have to go see this. You're, you're probably going to go see Fast. Is it Fast X? Which one is it? Which one is coming out next week? This week, rather. It's it's fast. Uh, which one is it? Come on, man. Come on, man. That is so weird. Now, why can't I find it? It's not. They already did 10. It is Fast X. Why did I think that was already okay? All right. Well, there it is. Fast X. Everybody's going to see that this week. And then in a couple weeks, uh, um, what, what is it? Um, uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man's coming out. I cannot wait for that. I'm excited to see that. That is uh, that is using some half PTO time for this to to see that that's not a one to wait till uh you get off work i don't think we'll see we'll see about that i don't know but i'm excited about that fast x looks like that's going to be a lot of fun so i'm i'm excited to see that you know uh i i enjoyed all the other ones i've seen i think i've seen all of them um so they're hypnotic when it's streaming somewhere go see it uh i did i was entertained by it I know the critics gave it a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't care. I was entertained. And isn't that isn't that the job of the movie? Isn't that the job? All right. The next movie I saw was The Mother. Uh the Jennifer Lopez uh Impossible White Man movie on Netflix. Let's read this here blurb. While fleeing from dangerous assailants, an assassin comes out of hiding to protect her daughter she left earlier in life. This stars Jennifer Lopez, Lucy Paez, Omari Hardwick from Power, and also Joseph Fiennes. Um, I don't know what the fuck the critics were thinking about this. Uh, I really liked it. I was really entertained. I had fun. It was pretty lit. I kind of feel like 
This is the most action I've seen Jennifer Lopez do. I know she did enough. I'm looking at her IMDb. She has so many credits, but I'm looking. Oh, I'm looking. I was looking at her producer stuff. Um, yeah, I. She's played cops and stuff, but I think this is the most hardcore action that I that I I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody, but I'm looking at her her credits here, and I don't remember anything this action heavy. Enough was good, but that was like that was fine. I did I like that I did enjoy that movie, but it wasn't this. She was a fucking assassin. She was sniping people. Uh, she was fighting. She it was really like it, it was good, man. If you like that action, I I say you you be you'd enjoy it. Um, it was fun. I I had a lot of fun watching that. It was two hours too, and it, it moved pretty quickly. I was upset at one point where a certain person uh, died, and I was like, oh, fuck off, really? Um, but it was fun. It was like that, um, I would say, <laughs> I would say uh, The Mother is a Mother's Day movie. Would my mother like it? No. My mother randomly wants to see 80 for Brady. So it's it's out. I'm gonna. I want to watch it with her because she doesn't really talk about movies that much. But I was surprised that she wants to see that. So I, I want to watch it with her. But she has a her her attention span's not great when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, breaking in. I really like. It made me think about that. Like uh, payback is a mother. Like this Gabrielle Union movie was fucking fun. But critics always try to... That was a 2018 joint. I enjoyed that. I don't know what people's problems are. It doesn't always have to be elevated art. It can... Sometimes movies can just be fun. So there you go. I really enjoyed that. The Mother, you know how you can... You don't have to leave your couch. You can just... Hit hit play on that one. That was really fun. So I think that's it, folks. I've talked to you for over an hour. I think we've I think we've done some good work here. Um, I blabbed about some things. Oh, one other thing, you know, the internet. It's such a fucking cesspool. I I got two internet stories that I, I wanted to talk about. It's not it's nothing too crazy, but just how negative and and just trolly people are. It's watching um. Uh, what's my guy, uh, Math Hoffa, his, his show, um, damn, damn, Chris, you watch this every day, Math Hoffa, what is his name of his show, Chris, what the fuck, what is wrong with you, my expert opinion, I was watching it, and he was, I forget who he was talking to. He was talking to somebody. And like most, like most, especially most, any, any, most rappers, they wear cool shit. They have cool style. Stuff that I don't know that I could ever pull off. It looks great on them. 
but he had this varsity jacket on. And it was in the color like most most people, if you know sports, you look at the you look at what he's wearing. It looks like he's wearing uh Miami Hurricanes uh varsity jacket because it's it's uh it's green and orange. And it's the colors that us uh, that you would associate with the Miami Hurricanes. Any 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 uh cis blooded red blooded red cis blooded ooh that sounds like really bad anybody that likes football anybody that likes sports knows that oh that's that's uh that's uh Miami Hurricanes colors like like people say Carolina blue so he has this really cool varsity jacket on and i'm looking in the i just randomly for whatever some reason i'm just looking in the comments and somebody says oh cool interview Really liked Math's uh, Math's uh, jacket. Great, like her. I thought it, I thought it was like a Miami Hurricanes jacket. And some guy was like, "It's not. It's not Miami. It's a this designer. Blah 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 blah. And it's this. So I don't know what what you're talking about, idiot. Like just being a real douchebag. Being real condescending. And then I looked up the designer. And I looked at the, like this, like the, it wasn't the jacket, but it was a shirt in the same colors. And the shirt color said Miami, Miami Hurricanes color style, whatever. That's, that was the description of the, of the, the article of clothing, which was just like the jacket that Math was wearing. Why are people being at, and that person was being a troll. That fucker didn't know what they were talking about. That was something that was that I wanted to highlight that it's just a random thing. Also, I open up Twitter and you know, I, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done it. And actually, um, the, the songstress Madison McFerrin liked this. And because I follow her, that's probably why it showed up on my timeline. Um, so there's this website called, Insta blog. There's a Twitter handle called Insta blog nine J a, and it's verified. Okay. So it's a woman that meets up with her love. It's a lady meets up with her love after three years of distance, distance relate. I guess they want to say a long distance relationship. And it's like this. And it's this woman being excited, being recorded, because her lover is there. I guess they're going to move in together and she's excited. She's running and she's hugging him. And the guy is, is hugging her. And you know, it's, it's just really sweet. And it's showing the guy. It looks like the guy he's smiling and he's happy, but the cameras are on him. And it looks like he's like, He's like, all right, baby, you know, <laughs> he's smiling and cheesing. He's in the car with her. And so some this person quote tweeted it. A woman who is it looks like she's very pretty. She's an attractive young woman. Uh, and uh, she says, now, I'm no body language expert, but and uh, but the but is in all caps. So she's trying to say, like. Oh, the guy isn't really into it. And then 
one guy, one guy writes under her comments. He says, most men don't show a lot of emotion. His face says a lot. Y'all stay looking for some something negative. And the and the woman who quote tweeted is has said, nigga, it's Twitter. We just chill. We just chatting. Relax. And then friend of the podcast and Emmy winner, JB, writes, LOL, comes for a couple on Twitter. Someone comes for you. It's just Twitter. Relax. LOL. I love Twitter, fam. <laughs> Shout out to the homie JB. And some people just like negative as fuck. And, and one woman said, I didn't want to say it. OMG. And the, the woman who authored the quote tweet, can't lie. Mine would have had to lift me up and spin me around for a little razzle dazzle. But that's just me, though, LOL. And then she said, he ain't even kiss her. It's just like, damn. And then somebody said, has she ever seen has she ever seen him before? He doesn't look as moved. And then she said, now she kind of changes her tune. Yeah, but maybe he's just shy, LOL. I don't know. It's just like they take these moments that are supposed to be kind of happy. Not kind of. It's supposed to be a like happy, beautiful moment and just try to shit on it. But I think a lot of that comes from maybe they're not happy in their life and they see this and it's just kind of. Uh, it's just probably kind of sad. Then that shit makes them feel bad. I don't know. But it it I just I wanted to say something about that. Just such a uh, such a fucking cesspool. All right. <laughs> okay. So that's it, folks. Thank you so much for listening to the Mundane Festival podcast. I really appreciate you. Um, have a great week. I'll talk to you next time. Take it easy, everybody.